Hi and welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. I'm joined by Nath Toms, uh, who is part of uh, the NUFC Matters team and he is going to pick his dream team today. Good evening, Nath. How are you? How are you? Hi, mate. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, good. Good to have you on, mate. And uh, this has really been uh, uh, something we came up with over Christmas just to uh, give us all a few days off uh, to enjoy the festive season myself. And there's been some interesting selections. Looking forward to yeah. hearing yours, Nate. So uh, let's start with the goalkeeper. Who are you uh, starting off with in goal? Well, yeah, when I've picked my, my team, like in general, I've, obviously I could have gone back through and picked like from sort of any era and that kind of stuff. But I've gone with like people from... From who I remember and from from my era, like supporting Newcastle. So, um, I was born in 1990. So, like, for coming from from that time, I sort of became aware of. I was aware from a very early age, but at the time I started like taking interest and paying attention is from like 96, 95 onwards, that kind of thing. So, for me, like the standout goalkeeper in that time has got to be Shea Given for me. Um, through through watching him as a kid and through. Seeing like you see now, like like commentators going about people making like these good double saves, and and he used to do that every game, didn't he? And he, he was worth points on his own for us at times. I felt like um, an absolute stalwart of the club, um, club legend, and yeah, I think he, he he was worth points on his own for us. I think he he dragged us up up the table. I think we've had that quite recently with with Dubravka as well. I think he you know like you can look at those keepers and you can you can count like 10, 15 points that they've won on their own for us by keeping us in games. And I think that was the case we've given. I think a lot of the teams that we've had, like going through through my memory, looking at the Bobby Robson years is like probably one of the, a lot of the, a lot of the team that I've picked is from that time as well. Um, looking at like the, the Pardew and, and Bobby Robson years, we've always had quite a bit of a shaky defence. I think we've always had that, I don't know, from like the 90s onwards. Um, but our goalkeepers have been the difference for us in a, in a lot of, in a lot of those eras, so yeah, for me, given was was fantastic, and um, some of the, some of the games I remember in the like in the FA Cup, um, in, in the FA Cup final, watching that and, and watching those games, he was it was it was phenomenal, um, and it was the difference between us getting a hiding and and and, and sneaking away with points a lot of times as well. Yeah, I think that's what makes Given special. Um, you know, the fact that he was such a good shot stopper, but he, you know, he played a lot of games for us and he was very loyal to us as well. Uh, but yeah, great, great choice. Um, not the first person to pick him. Certainly won't yeah. be the last. Uh, <laughs> let's go to right back. Uh, who's your right back in the team? Yeah, I think it's a, bit, it's a bit of a difficult position to pick for, isn't it? Because you look at who we've got now and who we've had in the past and no one's really sort of been um, standout for me. Um, Warren Barton for me was the one that I, I picked. I thought it was I, I thought it was fantastic all through my early years of of, of watching of watching the team, and I think he really characterised that sort of getting forward and, and get really getting stuck in. And he was part of a really core nucleus of that squad in the late nineties that were that were very like formidable. Um, for for me, I, I looked at I looked at other options. That Stephen Carr was one that I that would played quite prominently when I was you know in, in the sort of Bobby Robson years and that kind of thing and thereafter. But but yeah, for me, Barton, it was. He was good, he was good on the ball. He got stuck in, and he, and he always, you know, you look at players who are going to give you. I think like the in thing now is to give players a rating out of ten at the end of every game. And if you're looking at players like like him, he's going to give you a, a, a seven every game, isn't he? Because he, he got stuck in, and he he never he never let the shirt down. I think that's one of the things that um, we have a bit of an issue with now, isn't it? That that we we, we see these players that don't really. Um, set the world alight and they let themselves down every game but you look you look back to that 
sort of late nineties, early two thousands team, and and everybody, despite all the short any of the shortcomings, they always put in a performance, didn't they? And that I think he really um, sort of epitomised that for me. Yeah, great player, um, part of a wonderful team, of course, the entertainers. But yeah, Warren Barton, uh, good choice. Uh, who's your left back? Yeah, again, it was a bit of a funny one. Like one of my, one of my, I, I don't think we've ever had like, well, from certainly from my time watching, I don't think we've ever had any sort of like really standout, world-beating fullbacks. But um, for me, like, one one of the ones I was thinking, I was thinking of Olivia, Olivia Bernard to start off with because, as you'll see later on, who who have got. On the on left on the left wing, um, he linked up really well with, with him, and he was, I thought he was a really solid performer. Like he, he had he had a mistake in him every once in a while, but yeah, that was, he, I, th I thought he was for the most part great. I think Luis Enrique for me was um, the one that I, I went for. Um, I think you know when it, when we went down, he was he was fantastic in that season, but um, you know he, he he could have gone on. To, I think he had, he had quite a lot of injuries, but he was good when he went to when he went to Liverpool as well. Um, but yeah, I think it was a real surprise. He was a bargain. We, we snapped him up for, for for quite cheap, and it, and he was it was a really pleasant surprise. I don't, I don't think I think we've had quite a few of those types of players where we've not really expected anything from them. Um, but yeah, I think he just gave us a bit of something else. He gave us a bit of forward forward attacking play. Um, he was good on the ball, which which we haven't often had from from our fullbacks. And yeah, like another another guy that I thought of. Um, but he never really sort of set the world alight. Really, was was David Santon. He, I mean, he could play left and right back. Yeah. I think that was a, a sort of a real missed opportunity that we didn't get managed to get the best out of him because he had he had all the plaudits, didn't he, before he came to us as well. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, good, good choice. First person to pick that on the show. So uh, interesting one. Um, Center Harveston depends on what kind of formation you're going for. Um, yes, yeah, so I picked I, I picked a four four two because I wanted to. Um, I wanted to have two up front because, like, one of the obviously one of the places up front was already already taken. I guess it would be probably taken by everybody. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to have someone else up there as well. So, like, I, and I definitely wanted to have two in, in the centre midfield as well. So I went with a four four two. Um, yeah. yeah, and then at, at centre half, the, the first one um, was uh, Dabizaz, Nikos Dabizaz. For me, yeah, I, like like you see there, he's just iconic, wasn't he? Um, an absolute character. Really steady, um, did his job week in week out. You could count on him. Um, the the turn from uh, um, Dennis Bergkamp, I'm, I'm saying that was a fluke. He didn't mean yeah. to get skinned when that happened. So, um, but yeah, like like I said, like in, in that late nineties, early two thousand team, he was he, he was really formidable in there. And I think he we, we we always kind of struggled to have like a good partner alongside him. I felt like I, th I think that's been the case with a lot of these different eras that. That I'm going to talk about is that we've seemed to have like one good, maybe one good centre half at a time, but never two. And I think that's maybe like where we're at now, probably as well. Um, and, it, and it just seems like we would really kick on as a team if we if we managed to sort of kind of ever have two really good centre halves at the same time. But yeah, Dabizas for me was um, it was like an iconic character that I remember from growing up, and and that. Um, you could always count on him, and you could always be sure that he'd, you know, he'd get stuck in, do a job, um, and he, yeah, he would have been one of the first names on the team sheet. One of those players as well, one of those foreign imports who's fell in love with Newcastle, and of course, you know, he, he visits the area on a regular basis. He would love to work at the club. He, you know, he's been a director of football in other places, and um, his son, of course, has been studying in Newcastle. So, uh, still like Pavel before him, and many others has, has got links to the area. Yeah, I think it's great to see when you, 
you, we we really do like appreciate it when these players sort of come to the club and and really get what Newcastle's about and buy into the buy into the area, but buy into the in, into the team as well. And I think that when when players do that, there's there's another one on my list who 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 did that too, and and he's you know they. They go down in history, don't they? It's been really fun, really fun memories and fun memories of those players, and and they come away with you know they they have a lasting legacy. They might not have won anything, they might not have, have lifted a trophy for us, but they, they they leave with that legacy, don't they? And those memories, and I think that's what you know that, that's what we all kind of like cherish and we all like hang on to, isn't it? The memories of players like that, because I'd you know I'd love to have somebody like him in the team now, and and as with someone like Warren Barton. Enrique, I'd lo- you know, you'd love to have those players in the team now, wouldn't you? In, in the prime. Oh, you're muted, Steve. You've done it. <laughs> done that twice on these shows. Who would you like to see alongside him as a centre half? Yeah, again. So I think it was kind of like quite slim pickings, really, because I was looking at people like and like Andy Griffin and um, Stephen Taylor, and because Stephen Taylor's one from the one from my sort of childhood that I that I really remember quite well for all sorts of different reasons for the good and the bad and, and that kind of thing. But for me, I, I went for uh, Colicini. Um, I think Colicini, when he came, he had a, he had a really big reputa- reputation. He had really big um, big boots to fill. And I think his first season, he was, if I remember rightly, he was he was calamitous in his first season and he looked like a real sort of stinker of a player. And we, and we went down and I think I think it sort of characterised his, his journey at the club that he went from, you know, from having a real terrible, difficult first season to then becoming club captain, playing staying for a good number of years, um, putting in some fantastic performances for him for us. And yeah, I think he, he was one of those like he always, he always had a mistake in him, but at times he was like he, he was the best centre half in the league at times if you if he wanted to be, if he was concentrating, if he was playing well. I remember there was one one time when I think it was um the ball was going down into the corner flag. Um it was against Man United and I think we were we were winning I think it was it was Nani and somebody else was like chasing him and the ball was like bouncing. And he was like seeing it out. and anyone would have like just seen it out of play for a goal kick and he flicked it back up over his head and like ran around him and like brought it under control and then like played it out. And it's like, who does that? Like nobody does that. But like he, he could do that if he wanted to. He was, he was that good. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a concentration thing for him, wasn't it? I think. And it was, um, you know, there was that difficult time where he wanted to go back home, didn't he? He wanted to go back to, to Argentina. He had the, I think he had sort of, family issues didn't he let's let's just say and um yeah but i think but i think you know he, he stayed he stayed with us for a good while after that and and he, he was a good servant to the club i believe and i think he that really sort of characterizes his, his sort of arc like from starting off at a very low point and and you know not being very impressive to to ending up being club captain before he left and i think it was it was quite fitting and he was a real really formidable at times i remember watching and seeing him play against um against Drogba when Drogba was really you know sort of in his prime and he, and he, had, he had him in his back pocket all game he, he, he didn't do anything and it was like that's what he could do on his day he could mark these centre forwards these prolific centre forwards out of the game um should he be on form and should he should he have chosen to yeah yeah good player as you say did have a bit of a, a, a ropey start but um no came good in the end so uh that's your back four sorted out uh let's go into the midfield who's on the right hand side of midfield in your four four two formation yeah, so talking about like sort of foreign imports that have like bought into the area and, and invested in the in the club. Um I put Nobby Solano on on the right wing. 
for me he was he seemed ever present for for me went from the time I started watching Newcastle to you know in the uh, early 2000s he was he was absolutely fantastic I think you know for the the small fee we paid for him um he, he could do everything he could take people on he, the, the delivery his delivery was like the one of the main reasons why Shearer got as many goals as he did. How many, how many times was it across from Solano on, right onto Shearer's head? You can probably, you've probably lost count of how many times that you know that happened over the course of his time at the club. Um, for me, he was massively underrated. Um, looking at a time now where um, there's a real lack of quality in the Premier League. I feel of, of good crosses and, and good crossing into the box, and it, now like sort of wing play seems to be all about taking people on. Um, you know, getting down to the byline, but he 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 really sort of epitomised that 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 play of of getting the ball into the box. His delivery was I I, I don't think you could find probably, but you know, it was up there with like Beckham or anyone to get to get the crosses and, and corners and, and free kicks and that that kind of thing. I thought he he was massively underrated. Um, but I think it, it goes to show his reputation back in Peru. Is that he's a, a national like treasure, isn't he? Or back over there, yeah. and he's um, you know he's he was adored and. Good friends with like Maradona as well, wasn't he? And um, his wedding yeah. was on national television. I mean, and, and his face has been on the currency, so it tells you, you know, in in how much esteem he's held in Peru. Um, he, also plays a, he also plays a trumpet. Ah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he actually, he actually, again, like like you've just said, like Nicholas Dabizaz in your back four, you know, bought into the area and still has connections here. You know, had 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 a child here, and you know, from his perspective, it's uh, it is like he's home when he comes back to Newcastle. I, I got him over to meet Rafa Benitez. Um, when Rafa was was at the club, and you know he loved it, he still wanted to be part of the the setup. You know he still does. It's his ambition. Like a lot of ex players, he wants to come back, wants to work at the club, and give something back in a in a coaching capacity. So you know he's doing well with Peru, done really well with the national team as number two, um, and you know had a had a good run with them. But um, yeah, his heart's still on Tyneside, very much so. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see him back, and it'd be good to see quite a lot of these places back and these these faces back. And I'd like to think that. Sort of moving forward as a more, you know, depending on what happens in the future um, with the, you know, the ownership of the club, it'd be would they'd be really remiss to, remiss to not get some of these sort of old older former former legends back into the club because you know you can't you can't tell me that like having someone like Solano around working with the wingers that we've got that they'd, they'd benefit greatly from that, wouldn't they? And like as would yeah. you know a lot of the players like if we got like. If you get you get Shearer back in coaching or something like that with with the forward players, it, these have been these are players that have played at like top level for us and top level in the Premier League for for you know for over a decade. So it could only benefit the club, couldn't it, from from top to bottom, really? Of course it could. Okay, so that's uh, your right midfield sorted. Who's on your left hand side? Yeah, one of my one of my favourite players actually, like that I've, from from my uh, you know from 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 my lifetime supporting Newcastle. I went for Lauren Robert. Okay. Um, I don't think I've ever seen when you see like these goals, goals of the season, goals of the year. I don't think I've ever seen anyone have two goals from the same game as a contender for goal of the season. The two, the two he scored against Tottenham, the one with the volley that was just outrageous, and then the one from like about forty-five yards out where he just pinged it into the top corner. I've never seen anybody with a left foot like that before that can that could just rifle the ball. Like it, it wasn't even um, his free kicks. Like they were, he, he had it all he could. You know, he could, he could curl them and place them in the top corner if he wanted. He could just fire it through the wall if he wanted to. The keepers couldn't handle him, could they? And he was, he's running for, I think, all his, 
for all his talents with you know from dead ball situations and from outside the box um pinging them into the top corners with his left foot i think he was massively underrated as a dribbler as well there's a lot of he used to take people on he'd run down that that left hand side he linked up really well with bernard i thought they were fantastic together those two um and you know what a left foot i mean it goes to show he knocked not Bernard for six, didn't he? When he was clearing that ball out of defense, out of defense that time, yeah, and knocked him off his feet. So, yeah, for me, he was such an exciting player to watch and such a sort of maverick player. Came seemed to come out of nowhere, um, and then all of a sudden he was, you know, he, he announced himself immediately, didn't he? And and his time, but he chipped in with so many goals over his time. And it's, it's a shame we didn't get to see him for longer. Yeah, great player. Um, some you know again some special goals, um, and you know somebody who holds a place in the on the hearts of Newcastle United supporters. So in the centre midfield now, in your four four two, who's your first centre midfielder? Yeah, my first one I've gone for the uh, the late great Gary Speed. Um, for me again, like it was, it was one of those players that he was he was just synonymous with that that black and white shirt in the middle, and he was he was so underrated on his day. Um, he wasn't. I don't think he, was, he gets the plaudits that he deserves. Everyone talks about him, you know, since his passing, saying how, how good he was. But he didn't really get. It, it, it's a shame that he didn't really get that many plaudits when he when he was alive because he was a fantastic midfielder. I think one of the best centre midfielders the Premier League has ever seen. I think to be honest, and he was, I think he's that underrated. He could do it all. He, could, he was t- tough tackling. Um, he had a range of passing available to him. He was tire- worked tirelessly, didn't he, in that centre midfield? He was box to box, up and down all game, and you know, like when he went off the pitch, you could see it that he that he given his everything, and that, I think that's the sort of what you the standard what you want to set, isn't it, for for the players around you? I think he made he he did the quiet jobs as well that he he made everybody else in that team around him look better. Um, I remember listening to an interview, um, Roy Keane was was talking about players he played against in centre midfield and. He, they were saying, "Oh, like it must be um, your, your toughest like my opponent must have been Patrick Vieira." And he said, "No, no, like it, Gary Speed and Rob Lee said they were they were so t- like tireless and and so dogged in that centre midfield that that he he felt that those two were like two of the best that he's played against." So, yeah, for me, Gary Speed he, like category epitomises that 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 sort of centre midfield role for me. And I thought I thought he was you know he was fantastic. Someone that I grew up with. Uh, you know, watching for many years and yeah, like one of my all-time favourites. Great header of the ball as well. Just, you know, late runs yeah. coming into the box and, you know, definitely, definitely, uh, they, you know, somebody who epitomised a, a great central midfielder. And as you say, sadly missed and, uh, you know, um, you know, never, never a, a year goes by without uh, Newcastle fans paying tribute to him on social media and rightly so. And next one, next centre midfielder then. Yeah, probably another one of my all-time favourites. I've got his name on the back of the shirt of the shirt that I got from that year. Um, Johan Kabai. Um, I think it's again. He came in an era where it was where we seemed to pick up a few players for quite cheap, and a few of them like you know really surprised us, and they really went on to to do great things for us. And I think for Kabai, was it four million we got him for? I think it was. Um, within a season or two, he was. Sort of one of the most sought-after centre midfielders in the world, um, links to PSG, where he eventually ended up. And um, but for me, what a fantastic player to, to have in your team. He was um, that partnership that he had with Teote. They, they complemented each other perfectly. Um, probably one of the best centre midfield partnerships we've had for a long time. And, and what I would 
what I'd give to have those two playing centre midfield for us now in their prime. Because if you look at our centre midfield today, it's, it's pulls apart, isn't it? From from those two, um, he, he could do it all. He was he was good on the ball. He was he was so calm and assured on the ball that he seemed to settle everyone down around him. Our back four were, were a bit in that Bobby Robson. It, sorry, in that Pardewe era, our, our back four was, you know, not not the best, and I, th- I don't think it ever has been the best. But he he got he he take the ball on and he calm everything down and he'd make it look so simple he'd make the easy things look simple and then he'd make you know these Hollywood passes out of nowhere um, again like set pieces were fantastic so many free kicks that he scored that I can remember um, yeah so for me it's made I think that's that's the trademark of a good centre midfielder is that they make the game look simple um, and they, they give themselves lots of room um, and he, he never looked like he was in trouble when he was on the ball and he was you know he was, he was formidable for us and like I said he he Quite rightly saw that he attracted a lot of interest from like from Arsenal and PSG and that kind of thing at the time because there, there weren't many midfielders around that could do what he what he did. And I remember that game against Man United where he scored. He, he single-handedly won that game for us. He was he was fantastic. Um, so yeah, goodbye for me. And it's really really sad when he left. I was I was gutted when he left because he was one of my one of my favourite players. And I think it's um, that's where we are as as a team where we still are as a team, but where we definitely were then is that. These players coming through that we got them for so cheap, they were never going to stick around for long, were they? And I think that was that was the business model, though, wasn't it? And that's probably the business business model that we've still got at the moment. Yeah, picking up players for cheap on the continent, hoping to do well and selling them on for a vast profit. That was certainly the the aim of the yeah. game back in those days. Um, okay, front two always interesting because there's so much choice. It's something which Newcastle United teams generally uh, probably pre Mike Ashley have, have always had uh, you know a decent number nine and people can put the bar, uh, ball in the back of the onion bag but um, who's your first one yeah a lot of choices really I was looking at initially I was looking at like uh, um at Papi Cisse but for me like Cisse was kind of um I don't I don't think he I don't think Cisse was that good right I, I know it's, I know it's a weird thing to say but I don't think he was that good a footballer yeah. I think he had a knack of being in the right place at the right time, which all which all forwards should have. But when when you used to watch him on the ball, sometimes he'd be he'd be all over the place, wouldn't he? Like his, his touch was sometimes his touch was world class, and sometimes his touch was non-existent. And I think in that look, I was looking at that, so that partnership of Bar and Cissé, and you, I had to pick Denver Bar. So Denver Bar is my my first choice. Um, I think his goal scoring record it was like it was like what I think it was like. One in every every two games or, or something. Like it was it was I can't remember. I was looking at it the other day, but it was yeah, it was fantastic for us. And I think he was a real sort of. You look at him as well, and he seemed a bit sort of like gangly and a bit ungainly when he was on the ball. But he he was always in control, and he his, his finishing was fantastic. And it, if you had a chance falling to someone in the box, you'd always want it to be him. I think that yeah. partnership was was fantastic uh, between Bar and Cissé. They linked up really well, and they came out like Cissé came out of nowhere and paired up with him and. Yeah, they were fantastic, and it's again, it's another instance of not being able to have see him for see him for that much longer because he was on the on the move before long, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, to be honest, you know, a, a player which <clears> you, you know, were weren't sure about, wasn't sure whether he would fit in, but he hit the ground running. Uh, and to be honest, at the time, I remember when CCA came, there was a lot of talk of CCA potentially upsetting him or unsettling him, and he wasn't yeah, gonna, yeah. weren't going to get the best out of Bar, but. You know, they dovetailed quite nicely together eventually and um, we got goals out of both of them. It was uh, two, two, you know, two decent players. But yeah, Barr was good and still banging goals in even even today. Yeah, against Man United yeah, the other week, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember like you said, when when, when Cissé signed, the, 
the, immediately it came out of sort of Denver Bar's camp that he was looking to move, didn't he? I remember it came it came out sort of straight away that yeah. he was looking to move because, like like you said, it was he was seen as maybe replacing him. But yeah, two very similar players, um, but they they work perfectly together, and I think and they struck up a, a real good relationship with each other. Yeah, I agree. Uh, good choice, mate. Good choice, and another first for uh, you know for us uh, on the uh, Dream Team shows. Uh, Denver Bar up front. Who's your next forward? Yeah, so obviously I picked Alan Shearer. Um, <laughs> it had to be. Who else is it going to be? <laughs> um, yeah, for, for me, like I said, like from from growing up in the in the nineties, watching him, um, you could, you can't pick a player that that's more iconic um, than than Alan Shearer for, for Newcastle. I think you always, when we didn't have the best team towards the end of the end of the late nineties and, and going into the early two thousands before Bobby Robertson came, it was kind of you. You always had a chance, didn't you? You always you were always always in with a chance of winning the game when Shearer was in, on the pitch, and just look at like the games when like it was Rude Hullett's downfall, dropping dropping Shearer and to make the statement that he did when he tried to do that, and yeah, like for for me it was. We're always in with half a chance when Shearer was on the pitch. Um, goals from from anywhere, like from headers, from tappings in the box, outside of the box, he could do it. He could do everything. And I don't think, you know, I, I don't think anybody's gonna. People talk about Harry Kane going to get close to his record. I, I I can't see it. I don't think anyone will, will do it at that level for as long as Shearer did it for. He was he was going right until the end, wasn't he? And he was, you know, he he, he finished his career with us. Um, he didn't drop away towards the end. He was still like even in his last season, um, before that injury, which ultimately sort of finished his his career. He was, you know, he, he was still banging them in for fun at that time, and he was irreplaceable for us. And you couldn't have, you know, it was world record money to sign him, but you couldn't have. Um, what a bargain! It's got to be the best. It's got to be like the best bargain of all time, surely. Oh, no doubt about it, mate. Um, and not surprised to hear that most people have got Alan Shearer in that team. But yeah, fantastic player. Um, you know, still the record goal scorer um, at, at the football club. And as you say, the Premier League record is still his. Uh, Harry Kane is edging towards it, though. It'll be interesting to see whether he stays at Tottenham long enough to break it. So uh, that's your eleven, and uh, yeah. quite a quite a strong uh, quite a strong team it is as well. And a uh, few changes and a few surprises in there, which is great to see. And uh, keep saying with the, with the guys who've done it so far. But um, you know, ultimately, it's uh, it's all about age, really. You know what era you were born into. Were you given it a bit more thought in the sense that you are a bit younger? You've come in at a different stage, and um, yeah, it's a great, great teammate. I think um, any Newcastle fan would uh, would love to see that eleven take uh, take shape on the pitch. So we do give you the uh, the the chance to have some substitutes, and of course, of course, we need a manager. So who's your first substitute on the bench? Yeah, so I've gone for um, Steve Harper as my first substitute. That picture there, yeah, that gets me every time. That picture, I can't. It it upsets me seeing seeing him upset because he was like, what a what a servant to the club he was. Um, and you know, when I, I I can't think of many many players who would have who would stay and would have been on the bench for that long and only coming in when Given was unfit, which was very rare as well. Given was quite good for for injuries and rarely injured. So you know to. It shows he didn't make that many performances over his time at the club, but what a what an ambassador and what a you know obviously still at the club now, which is great to see. Um, but yeah, when he when called upon, it was it was as good as given on his day. If he, you know if he was if he was on form, he was every bit as good as given. So like now we talk about the keepers that we've got, and 
you know, we, we're worried about if we've got to bring a substitute keeper on. But when, if given, ever ever had to go off, I, I personally was never worried because he knew that Steve Harper could do the job. He was very capable, and yeah, I mean, he could have he could have moved to like many other clubs in the Premiership, and he'd have been their number one keeper. He'd have walked in, he'd have walked into that position for a number of other clubs in the Premier League. So, so to stay, and it just it just speaks volumes of the man. I think about how good a pro he was and how dependable. Dependably was because, like I said, a lot of a lot of players would have been knocking on the door to leave, wouldn't they? Yeah, oh, there's no doubt about it, mate. I mean, you look at him, and uh, you know, you know, he, he had enough appearances to 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 warrant his, you know, and and stayed at the club long enough to warrant his benefit game. But uh, yeah, look, not not many people would do that. He sacrificed his career uh, to stay at his hometown club, and of course, back on the coaching staff now as well, which is great. You, you need people like that in uh, you know in and around the club. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Next substitute then. Yeah, so a bit, a bit of a bit of a controversial one. I know he's like a he's a fan favourite with some of the fans, but in terms of what he what he accomplished accomplished for the club, probably not a great deal. But I went with Hatan Ben Arfa. Um, to me, when you know he, he was really hyped up before he came, and he sort of exploded onto the scene, and then he you know he got an injury straight away, didn't he? Uh, which was really difficult for him. He was out for. The best part of the he was out for the season, wasn't he? Before he came back and um, before he came back and and came back with a bang again, and he, he still showed that he could he could perform at that level. And he was, you know, he's still doing it now. He's, I still see goals pop up for him, you know, on the on the Newcastle United hashtag on on Twitter. People share it when he's, he's scoring in, in in low leagues in France, and he was still in the top league up until recent up until quite recently in France, and he was still playing the, the exact same way, just taking people on for fun, running past them. Um, twisting and turning that goal against Bolton one of my favourite Newcastle goals um, when he just turned in his own half and sprinted the full length of the pitch and pokes it into the back of the net he could do it all he, he had a, a wicked shot on him when he wanted to, when he when he had the opportunity to from outside the box and um, a bit like St Maximum now like equally frustrating sometimes where you know where there isn't that end product sometimes but boy when he wanted to he, he was a real player and I think that it's it's funny you get these types of players. It always seems to be these kind of tricky um, sort of flash wingers, doesn't it? That that have this issue with attitude sometimes, where it where it doesn't lend themselves to be. I don't know what I don't know where that comes from. Is it does it come from when they're younger and they know that they're better than everybody else, and then and, and that carries into the into their pro career? I'm not quite sure where it comes from, but it always seems to be these sort of mercurial players, doesn't it? That have this yeah. issue with. Uh, with that, with attitude, and I, I firmly believe that you know he, he could have been one of the best in the world if he'd applied himself, and if he'd if he'd had a look with injuries and, and not got the injuries that he did, but also applied himself in the right way, he'd have been he'd have been one of the most talked about players ever. And I firmly believe that because he he had everything he had everything to do that. You look at I don't want to compare him to like Messi and Ronaldo, but you look at those types of players, and he, he had everything that they had in terms of taking people on and and wow and leaving people gobsmacked and wowing the crowd and that kind of stuff. He, he, he had all that in his tool in his toolbox. But yeah, it was a mixture of unfortunate unfortunate with injuries. And like the way he played in the Premier League, he's always going to be a target for um a rash challenge, wasn't he? And that's what, you know, that's what ultimately um gave him that terrible injury. But he came back from it fair play to him, didn't he? But yeah, for me, he could have been quite easily been one of the most talked about players of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly a mercurial player, and uh, I consider myself very privileged to have seen him in a black and white shirt. Uh, last substitute, then, please, Nath. Yeah, so like the centre midfield 
position was like a really difficult one for me to to kind of decide upon. But like Kabai was one of my favourites, but then Gary Speed also one of my favourites too. But I think like I talked about earlier on when I was saying about that Rob that Roy Keane interview, um, he, he said that Rob Lee was one of his, one of his most difficult opponents that he ever played against, and uh, I'd have to like so he he takes up my substitute spot. Um, I would have put him in there in the starting lineup, but Kabai was you know he's one of my all-time all-time favorites. So I think Rob Lee for a lot of the same reasons I said for for Gary Speed really that he he could do everything, and I think you I don't really remember watching. From all the games that I watched, like it, it's, it's such a distant memory now, but but watching clips back of like Shearer, uh, Shearer's goals and stuff, and it always comes from Rob Lee, like Rob Lee bursting into bursting into the opponent's half and knocking these passes, like these 30, 40 yard passes out to the wing and stuff, and for, for the ball to come into the box for for Shearer, like he he could do everything. He was he was all action, wasn't he? And he was tough in the tackle, fantastic range of passing, and. You know, he had a goal in him as well, which which is what you need from from the centre midfield. So yeah, for me, he was really formidable in there, and and we had a real we had a real good good core to that to that Newcastle team in the in the sort of late nineties and um and moving forward from there. And I think that's something that you know we we're kind of longing for now, aren't we? And you know, I'd love to have I'd love to have a player like Rob Lee in, in our team right now. Yeah, me too. Great team. Uh, some great positions on the bench. Uh, players coming on on the bench as well. Who's going to manage your dream team, Nath? Yeah, so for me, like I, I kind of, I kind of missed out on the Kevin Keegan years. Really, um, I was a bit young for that. Um, but sort of thereafter, you know, like you're looking at like Hullet and stuff, and and Dalglish not wasn't wasn't very was wasn't a very great time. And then sort of in in my time supporting like you you look at the years under under Pardew, you know, they were some great times that we had there, but again didn't really crack on and I guess that's as much to do with the ownership as anything else. But um for me it has to be Sir Bobby Robson. Uh, what what a man, what a what a fantastic man. Um the way he talk so passionate and the way he talks about Newcastle and the way that he talks about football in general. Um what an amazing guy to have at the head of your team. Um, I had the I had the privilege of meeting him um, at it was outside Main Road, and the old Main Road when we played Man City, and there were people from both sets of supporters there, and I think someone from someone from the Man City group of supporters like threw an egg like, into the players' entrance part. They threw like, threw an egg towards like the the players and the Newcastle players as they were coming in. And the egg hit him on the back on like the back of his head, and he had all that egg down his suit and stuff. And he was right in front of me when it happened. And he he looked, he turned, looked at his shoulder, and went, "Oh, that's a that's a shame." And like I was like, "What? Well, I'd be you'd be furious, wouldn't you? You'd be going mad." But he was like such a such a gentle but like firm but fair, amazing bloke. And like the the documentary, I can't I can't sit through that without being without bawling my eyes out. It's it, it's it's touching, isn't it? And yeah. To see the amount of players that he that he touched and the, the amount of players that he he developed and brought on, um, you look at Gaza like Gaza can't speak about Sir Bobby without welling up, can he? Because I remember watching the the part of the oh, the part of the documentary where he was talking about the you know the testimonial that he had when it was like Bobby Robson's last um, last outing before he passed away, and he was at the, it was that testimonial the um, the World Cup match, wasn't it? Yeah, and. He said to Gaza, he said, well, he asked his son, didn't he? He said, the first thing he said was, how did Gaza get on? How did Gaza play? And I think, you know, Gaza was in tears, wasn't he, when he found out that 
Um, so Bobby had been asking about him because he, he he had a soft spot for him, and I think that's the case with a lot of a lot of players. If you look at that team, that the, the team that he managed, he, he he wasn't scared to bring through youth players, and he brought them on and developed them and and brought them into. You know, he trusted them with he, tr- he, tr- he trusted them in that team. He, you know, look at Kieran Dyer, Jermaine Genus. He he got Genus out of nowhere from Notts Forest and and made him into, you know, before long he was playing in the Champions League. Um, it's like unthinkable to think of like that that rise to that rise for for, for players like that. And um, you listen to any of the players now. I don't, I've never heard anybody have a bad word to say about Sir Bobby. And you look at people like Mourinho, and they 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 they've got fond all they've all got fond memories of of Sir Bobby, and they hold Newcastle in high regard because of that. Yeah, great stuff, Nath. Fantastic selection. Um, obviously, gone into a lot of thought about it, like most most people do when they come onto this kind of show. Um, and it's great to hear your your all time eleven. And it's it's just interesting. Um, I, once we get to the end of the you know end of the series, it'll be interesting to see how many how many of you know the players feature in everyone's team. I'm, I I am keeping a total on it, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, it should be interesting <laughs> to see. I, I'm going to come up with the ultimate team. But uh, thanks for taking your time to do it. Big shout out to NewWorkwear.com specialists in the supply and brand and of clothing for the workplace who are sponsoring us throughout uh, December and qtechshop.co.uk uh, who they make uh, pool tables and snooker tables and walls and in Newcastle also been producing the memorabilia for us uh, over the uh, course of the pandemic uh, you can buy the t-shirts from newcastlelegends.com and uh, if you've enjoyed the show uh, you will see that logo um, on the broadcast and you just want to hit the like button hit comment hit share but please hit that little logo and subscribe to the channel as well uh, big thank you to you again, Nath. Uh, look forward Pleasure. to seeing you soon, mate. Take care. Yeah, you too, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Get throughout December, we're asking you to think before you tweet. 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 Please just think before you tweet. 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 Think before you tweet.